Hello and welcome to D Up Podcast. This is Louis Valletta. And of course, we're here with my friend, basketball enthusiast, and sadly, Nick enthusiast, just like me, uh, Jamal Womack. He's also the assistant coach of St. Francis, and he used to play a lot of ball, so he knows ball. How are you doing, Jamal? I'm doing big complaining. Yeah, me too. And I can't wait to ask you some of these questions. We're going to jump right into it. Jamal, Jamal knows his X's and O's. You know, he plays, he coaches, so it's great to have him in and, and get a little bit more detail. I watch it, but Jamal really lives it. <laughs> used, to, used to play. I get, I'm retired now. I'm retired. You play too. 100%. You played a couple times. I, I, I used to stop Jamal a couple times uh, a couple of years ago when he played I don't know about game. that, but you have some Oakley in you. You have a old school <laughs> Knicks in you. You have a old school Knicks. I was going with Michael, but I'm yeah. I'm not I'm, going to the basket when you defend <laughs> That's why the show is called D Up. Definitely, definitely, definitely D because we play defense. All right, check it out. We're going to start right now. What is your favorite, favorite NBA player this year in terms of who's the best? Who's the who's the MVP this year in your in your mind? And that's always a tough question, you know, because you've got so many teams, so many styles. Uh, you know, if you have a good team with a, a bunch of other players who are high caliber, is that going to decrease your value? Is that going to decrease your, uh, you know, your PR, PER that you typically talk about now? Um, to me, surprisingly, I think this is the year Steph Curry can get back to the top of the MVP votes. I think if the Warriors make it to at least the fourth seed, his usage, what he's going to do, what he's going to bring out is going to be pre-Kevin Durant Steph, where he had one of the most exciting and one of the most efficient NBA seasons in terms of a guard. So look for Steph Curry to really emerge as one of the leading candidates for MVP. Other candidates, I think about Giannis, his usage back-to-back, I can see that happening. Uh, I don't see Kawhi. A lot of people tell me Kawhi. I don't see Kawhi. Um, I don't see Kawhi because I think they may underperform. If the Clippers finish anywhere out of first and second, he's going to lose some votes. Uh, AD, Dark Horse. If AD can stay healthy, I like him as well. I'm just glad you didn't say LeBron in there. <laughs> LeBron, I mean, LeBron is great, but we all know LeBron is going to deflect a little bit. He knows he's, he needs to take a step back in terms of the minutes. You know, his years are getting up there. His goal is winning championships. So, yeah. You know, I see his minutes declining, but his usage in terms of the playoffs, he'll be back. 100% on board with that first shot, with that first choice he had. Uh, Jamal said Steph Curry. And man, oh man, the cuffs are off. Those handcuffs are off. Imagine, see, see, this is one of the most exciting parts of the NBA is when things change like this. And then we have Steph Curry right now for the first time ready to unleash. And, you know, when you got Kevin Durant, when you got Klay Thompson, you don't have you don't have to fire the ball all the time, but right now we're not going to see a guy who's holding back, and those numbers might shoot through the roof. So I'm on board with Jamal. I say Steph Curry. So I don't want I don't want to disagree for the purpose of disagree, but I do disagree in one part, and that's Kawhi. And I feel that Kawhi is going to be up there, best two-way player in the NBA. Defense is half of the half of the game. It's half of the show. That's what we're called Dia. And I think that Kawhi might underperform in the public eye, but man, oh man, we're gonna see see even more growth from Kawhi. But MVP, we both agree, Steph Curry. Steph Curry, man, the cuffs are off. It's his time to go back. That's right. And do what he does, man. I can't wait. Yeah, me either. I can't wait to watch it. I can't, I can't wait. wait. All right, number two. Who's gonna win the NBA champion? This season is exciting. For so many years, you know, I had this debate with some other friends, like which sport is, has the most suspense. And they said they ruled out the NBA because the last five or six years, 
you pretty much had an idea of who was going to the championship. I Even though it, I agree with it's that. suspenseful play by play. Right. But in terms of the whole year, this year, no one has that crystal ball. I, I don't know who's winning the NBA championship. There's so many teams that can compete. You know, you even got some sleepers. You got some East Coast teams, you know, Sixers, uh, Bucks, you know, are the Celtics going to be better with Kemba? That's right. You know, what's going to happen with that? Then you got your usual favorites on that West Coast, you know, the Lakers, the Clippers. But if I had to pick one, Wow. Now, now you put me in a bad position because I, I really, no, I have to, I, I, I you know, for devil's advocate purposes, I got to disagree, but I, on the books, I agree with you. Only because you're a I, defensive I guy. Say, yeah, yeah. yeah. You're the best defensive best team in the Best defensive team in the NBA. Yes, I think. I mean, Utah's got a really good defensive team because you got Gobert anchoring that team, but, but the Clippers, if the defense is going to win the game, I mean, listen, but let me, let me, let me throw this out at you. The Clippers last year, took the Golden State Warriors to seven games, may I say something, without Kawhi and without Paul George. So get ready. You just put two of the best offensive and defensive players on the same team. That's saying a lot. So we, we both got the same pick for... Man, we gotta start disagreeing. The people, I don't, know. They don't want to see two people agree too much. That's not good. That's not good for podcasts or for TV. They don't want to see two guys agreeing all the time. Listen, but if we're gonna agree, as as long as we agree, and it's anti-LeBron, I'm all for it. Oh, man. <laughs> I gotta give some more some love. I have to find somewhere. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Yeah. No, we're both we're both uh, Nick fans, so it's hard to it's hard to like. That. We know the Knicks ain't winning, man. I love you, but we yeah. it's over for us. Yeah, it, it, we we know for the next three years it's over. It's over. So we got right here which teams most closely resemble the sport in which you're involved with the level the college and the college level of of basketball which nba teams do you see embody the the college level style ball i can only go by the preseason from what i saw so far in the preseason summer league and i'm gonna have to go with the cleveland cavaliers um coach mm-hmm. bayline he's from michigan very successful coach in michigan uh, he ran great offensive schemes at Michigan. They run what we call the two-guard offense or chin offense. It's a lot of ball reversals, a lot of cross screens, a lot of back cuts. Uh, you know, and he's going to have those guys playing like a team. If you look at the uh, the preseason, you see a lot of, you know, dribble out back doors. It's almost resemblance to a little bit of Princeton action. With yeah, the dribble action. I love the Princeton offense, You know, man. guys go back door. That team, with who they have, they're pretty much college team. There's no, you know, you got Kevin Love, yeah. but there's no real superstar who you're going to go to isolation, play in and play out. So they're going to play, I think they resemble to me the most, you know, college-style offensive schemes, you know, in terms of how they play. Uh, so they're running the college. Yeah, they're running the college, college offense. They're running, if you go watch the Cleveland Cavaliers this summer and go watch Michigan University basketball last year, you'll see a lot of the same concepts and a lot of the same plays. I got some YouTube work to do. I, that I did not know. Yeah. So I'm going to go check that out. And why is it then that, that teams don't use that? The NBA is predicated on really isolations and figuring out who's the weak link defensively. That's what it's made. The NBA, they say it's a man's league because they're going to find who the weakest link is. So in game in and game out, a lot of scouts and coaches are trying to figure out what isolations work the best. Right. You know what I mean? So that's why it really doesn't work in the NBA. League. They want to exploit the weakest link in the NBA. So it's not really a lot of movement, movement. They want to get to those points. 24 seconds, not a lot of time. Let's get to the exploitation. Let's figure out who's their weakest league and who's our most potent offensive, you know, weapon. So, so it's just a, it's just a straight up wolf eat dog sort of a sort of a league. It's like NBA two K twenty, but it's 
it's real life. You're exploiting the other team's weakest player. And I guess it becomes more about, sadly, the one-on-one, which hits the highlights, but kind of takes away from the team, the team, the pack game, which is a beautiful part of basketball. I mean, the Warriors did a great job of, yeah. you know, taking us away from that in mm-hmm. the past couple of years. I agree. Even when KD came, he had to change his game to yeah. so pretty much fit out. But they still, if you go look at those championships, when it came down to the last three minutes, KD top of the key, isolation. Yes. They were playing through him. And that's what the league is, ISO City. Right. And then and, and, uh, bring up the Warriors again. The Warriors lead the league in assists every single year. And it goes back a long time. Uh, and what's funny about the Warriors is that they don't even come close to the, to the second best person in assist, uh, second best team in assist. They're just always at the top and they're they're there by a landslide. So I always thought maybe the Spurs would be up there too, but the Warriors killed the Spurs in assist too. Well, I mean, especially in the last couple of years, you got to look at the Spurs and Marcus Aldridge. You're going to highlight him a lot. Right. And DeMar DeRozan, mid-range king. He's one of the best mid-range players in the game. Right. They're going to get their ISOs, one-two dribble moves and From that's going to take away all that yeah, moving the ball. But back in the day, Lionel Ginobili, Tony Parker, Duncan days, a lot yeah. of ball movement. Yeah, I, pro- I would put my money that they were the leader back then, but I gotta, I gotta check. But yeah, the Warriors just kill, the kill and assist. Definitely. So how would you implement, if you were the coach of say, you know, the Milwaukee Bucks or the LA Lakers, any NBA team, let's just put it that way, what would you do in terms of uh, implementing your own um, offensive vibe, defensive vibe? Like what would you bring from the college game into the NBA game that you don't see enough of that would work? I'm gonna be honest, don't know if the college game works in the NBA game for the reasons that we just talked about. It's yeah. the isolation, three seconds in the key, you know, can't really play too much help defense unless you go to the zone kind of game. In college, we play a lot of help defense. Keep yourself, if you're on the help side, stay in the middle of the court, mm-hmm. make sure you're able to rotate defensively. In the NBA, we want to spread it out. So if you're in an NBA game, you want to spread the court out. You want to get those right. ISOs and get your star player who you know, is getting paid the big bucks, who's one of the top level athletes in the world. You yeah. want to get them isolated so they can go. We're in college, think about it. You want to build a system. Some of these coaches in college are there for 12, 13, 14, 15 years. It's a culture. You want to get your system implemented year in and year out. Yeah. NBA, it's not that many politicians, yeah. you know? Coaches are coming in and out. Systems are being ran in and out. You can't really build your team when you have free agents every single year. Yeah, So and I know it's, it's ever-changing landscape. It's hard to do. Tell me which teams do it. Like, tell me, tell me which teams you've seen in the NBA. Maybe they don't do it like the college teams, but which teams do you see do it best? Warriors. I hate to keep bringing the culture them up. of the. I don't know. No, there's a reason why they, they win. But Steve Kerr has done a great job of continuity. Mm-hmm. I agree. Those guys play together. Uh, the Nets. Nets. Last year, the Nets really have that team concept, next man up concept. You know, you got six men of the year. Or not six men of the year, but six men. One of the best six men in the league, Spencer Dewitty. Mm-hmm. He's one of those guys that just comes in. And if he's getting it going, D'Angelo last year just got it to him. Yeah. Karis LeVert, if he's got it going, those just guys go to him. So they don't really play a lot of selfish basketball. I like the way they did it last year. Um, Eric Spolcher, he's a great coach. With, he, yeah, he, he, he did a great job of really just implementing the offense and having the ball move around. So those are some teams that I saw last year yeah. doing a great job. And, and, and also, uh, not to go back, the Nuggets. The Nuggets, the Nuggets with Joker. You know, Joker's a great <clears throat> point forward. So when you have a great point forward, you can run it through him. The ball moves around a lot, and a lot of those guys get touches. I agree. I agree. All these teams have that that culture. I want to add to it uh, Celtics and the Spurs. I would I would put in there in terms of their 
their culture and their uniformity in terms of when you go to those teams, if you were a player, you know what you're going to be taught. Mm -hmm. You know what, where you're going. You know what the culture is like. So, uh, but to say the defensive side, some say that's Brad, Brad uh, Stevens, his Achilles heel, is he doesn't go to some of the stars. He likes to play a college game. Yeah. He's not like star-oriented. Right. So that, you know, in today's game, that can bite you, you know. Sometimes what you what worked for him in college may not work in the NBA. And this year, I'm looking to see what he's gonna do now with without Kyrie. Kyrie yeah. Without Kyrie, now you got Kemba. You know, you lost Al Horford. You lost Al Horford. You lost one of your locker room leaders. As a coach, now you have to show a little bit more leadership. So I'm, I'm really I'm curious to see too. Very curious to see what the Celtics do. That's gonna be amazing. You got you got you got Ennis Cantor. You got Kemba, and you got the Carson Edwards guy. Is that his name? Carson oh, Edwards. He's going off, man. That, yeah, all <laughs> yeah. He's going off in the. In the Celtics definitely PPR wise did well with also with Taco and they have everybody there. I'm I'm see Celtics are my sleeper in the East. They just gave Jalen Brown that bread. They gave yeah. him 100, I think 114 million. Which which you know you could four years argue he deserves. Yeah. Well now you got you're you're in Andrew Wiggins territory now. I know. <laughs> you got you got to okay. show whether you can do with that That's money right. now. And you know, we're watching. He's done. I think he's talented enough to 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 do it as well. Um, Okay, so let's go to the, the next topic. We're getting some really good answers from Jamal. Okay, so let's get to the topic that a lot of people were, were asking about, and that's the LeBron James China topic, right? The Hong Kong, uh, the protesters in Hong Kong are, were, were uh, obviously were in upheaval, uh, and uh, Daryl Morey made some comments about that whole scenario, and he had said he supported Hong Kong, uh, which is basically saying you're anti-China in that, political environment and the big, big problem was is that China is a huge supporter of the NBA as you as everyone knows uh, so from that um, from that uh, the commissioner of the NBA Adam Silver uh, basically came out and he said that he supports his his the NBA's free speech on the on the topic on the matter uh, then LeBron came out and LeBron basically had said that um, Daryl Morey was the owner of the Houston Rockets was uneducated and that he should shut up and he should uh, I think it was he just said, continue he to shut up? well I'm paraphrasing he, oh. should, he should well I, I shut up is in my head for yeah, another yeah, reason yeah, and we'll yeah, get up shut up and dribble but he actually told him that he should just be quiet and and start and he's uneducated and that he should just general manager like do what he should do as general manager and, I'm, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing right now uh what do you think of lebron's comments well uh first off we're, we're in a society now that they want you to answer instantaneously instagram is popular twitter is popular facebook live instagram live all these things want your answers at the second they want you to post at the second so you know, LeBron's put in a tough situation where maybe they were asking questions about a game matchup this season, and then all of a sudden comes this big answer. And I think what he meant, and I don't want to speak to LeBron's mindset, but what I got from the comment was maybe the GM, Daryl Morey, was uneducated in terms of what was happening mm -hmm. in China, in terms of where the country stood, in terms of what the protesters were going about, in terms of boots on the ground. Sometimes if you don't have boots on the ground, you don't know exactly what's going on. And, you know, of course, Darren Moore, he's saying he's, he, he stands for free speech. Now, honestly, I don't know enough on the topic to get yeah. into it. So what yeah. LeBron should have did is the same thing Darren Moore should have did. Mm -hmm. It's took a step back and said, I don't have enough information on the topic. I need to get some more education 
so I can speak with intelligently about what's going on. Yes. Give us, take a step back. You know, it's always okay to take a step back. That's right. You know? and, and say, admit, you just may not know everything about it, and you don't need to talk out if you don't know everything about it. Here's the thing I tell people, and I'm not the biggest LeBron fan in terms of basketball. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think he's great. Yeah, you he's an amazing player. But I'm a Knicks fan. He beat me too many times. I'm not right, a fan of LeBron, you know? But one thing I said to somebody was, when's the last time they actually all made a question about Ferguson? Right. When's, the, la- when's the last time you, you asked Giannis about um, Trayvon Martin? You know, you, you ask people about comments based on where they come from. LeBron came out of Cleveland. You know, he's African-American. When you talk about, you know, social injustices, he knows that. He was taught from it by his mother. His mother and his grandmother, they lived it. So LeBron is very versed in terms of that political landscape. So you, a lot of people would say, oh, like Trump, I think Trump said it. And, and no disrespect to Donald Trump. You know, he's the president. He has to do what he has to do. But he said, oh, now athletes and coaches don't want to talk about China, but they can talk about everything else. They live in America. They can talk about American social issues because they live through it. We're in China, you don't live there. So it's okay to take a step back and say, I don't know enough. I need to educate myself. And then come back with a more intelligent comment after you view both sides of the spectrum. That's good. So you're kinda of, you're kinda of in between. I feel like you're in between. He's not bad, he's not he's not he's not positive. It's just he's yeah. He's it, I'm indifferent to the situation. I see both sides. I yeah. see the Darren Morey side where he just felt he had to stay, stand up and he couldn't hold his tongue on what he thought the situation mm-hmm. was. And I see the LeBron side and saying, you know what, you may need to do a little homework, but then I can reverse that and say, LeBron, before you made that comment, you should you should see what's actually happening over there. Yeah. And then maybe you will feel more a more of a push as a global leader to make a stance and to take a stance on the right side of history. So both sides need to just do a little more homework so they can educate themselves on the topic. I agree. Couldn't I couldn't agree more. I think uh, I think uh, 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 Le- what's LeBron. Mm-hmm. He, I I feel that um, he, the, the only negative thing I want us just say about this in terms of I, there's no there's no. Uh, <laughs> I don't like him as a best. Obviously, he, he's crushed my heart a million times. But and you're LeBron, an MJ fan. I'm an MJ fan. I'm, an MJ fan, fan, so I'm like, you know? I'm like, bi- I'm biased. And but one, the one in, like the intelligent point I want to make without talking about LeBron being I, like I being a hater of LeBron, I just think a lot of times, man, he contradicts himself, and I think it's a big one here because. It, yeah, he doesn't know the whole scenario over there, and he and in my opinion, he projected what he should have done. So he called Darren Morey uneducated. He called him this. He called, and he said he should just general manage. Well, I think if LeBron was to really speak out in the best way, he would have educated himself with this instead of contradict himself. Because like you just said, he's a he's a guy with you know defends civil rights and he's a social justice guy and all of this stuff. Well. Guess what? In Hong Kong, those guys are doing the same thing that they're fighting for, the same thing you're fighting for over here and what you said. So how are you going to go and tell, you know, Darren Moore to shut up and get educated when he's defending the, the, the in, you know, the, the minority that's being oppressed upon over there and they're being oppressed by a dictatorship? And here, if LeBron had a dictator, was fighting against a dictatorship, he'd be on the same side as, as Hong Kong. So it's kind of, to me, it's just like a, a contradiction because he's on this side over there, but when his money is... Well, his I was money, about to get to that. Let's keep it real. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to keep it real. This yeah. is D up. We're going to keep yeah. it real, right? You know what I mean? 
There was a memo sent out to every NBA player, every yeah. NBA GM, every NBA owner, every NBA personnel. Anybody who has a check that comes from the NBA got a memo after the Maury fallout that said, do not make a comment, do not take a stance. Because at the end of the day, let's be real, it's a business. Yeah. It's That's a crazy. business at the work, at the end of the day. They needed to come together as an organization and figure out what are we gonna do on this issue. LeBron took from that, and I guarantee you, everybody makes mistakes. LeBron even came out and said his first decision, remember the decision? Yeah, the first decision was a horrible mistake. Yeah. When history you know, shows LeBron's stance, he will come out and say, you know what, I may have misspoke at that time. But at the end of the day, what was happening in China, LeBron also had to think about his fellow players who were in China. Who knows what could happen? He had 20, you know, the Nets and the Lakers were there. I know. He had to worry about, hold on, if I say the wrong thing, right. what can happen here? We're not in America. Right. So, I have to say. And that's I, where Daryl Morey was wrong, too, because exactly. he timed it wrong. Very, very much about timing. He could have said it, but you've got to wait till say it. Yeah, wait to, wait to get our guys out of there. Right. So, you know, I'm looking to see what LeBron, if he comes back, if he educates himself on the topic, I hope he does. I hope he comes out and he, you know, he responds and he, you know, had, gives us some insight from himself. Because like I said, he's a world leader, not just a basketball player. We look to LeBron, you know, for more than just the sport. And I think, you know, his influence goes far beyond basketball. And so we need him to know what he's talking about when he, when he gets to the Right, right. If you're, at that, if you're yeah. at the helm like that, you got to know what you're talking about. You got to know what you're talking about. Right, and and I hope that he loses a lot more games too. Me too, me too, <laughs> me too, definitely, definitely. No hate on the Lakers, but no hate on the Lakers. No, I'm, I'm not just, a hater. Yeah, you just got us too much, man. We do. You got us too much, LeBron. What can I say, man? You that good? I'm trying. I'm trying to trying to root for the Lakers, but against LeBron. That's that's kind of where I was with Miami too. So here we go. Who is your sleeper team in the NBA this year? Who's your sleeper? Can I go both sides? Both you conferences? can. You can. Right. So, we already talked about the Warriors. Yeah. They can't be a sleeper because of what they've done. They still have cool. Steph. They're going to get Clay back and they may have Draymond. I love but it's uh, good the pickup with Willie Colley Stein. Yes. I love that pickup. Athleticism. Athleticism. And when he gets healthy, you know, I think he's going to be great for their offense. But sleeper, mm-hmm. and they might not be a sleeper because of where they place, but no one's talking about them. The Denver Nuggets. Oh, great pick. I mean, we got the Joker. You know, you know what the Joker's doing. Jamal Murray Jamal is Murray. trending upwards in terms of offensive standpoint. He is um, un- unbelievable, Jamal Murray. Unbelievable. Um, you know, we got Michael Porter Jr., the mm-hmm. X Factor. This kid was amazing in high school. Didn't really get to suit up in college because of his back issues. Mm-hmm. Took a year off, really, from the NBA. He's explosive. He's athletic. He has an NBA game. You talked about those isolations. Yes, He's that's an ISO-type player. Gary Trent, he's like the Joe Harris from Brooklyn Nets <laughs> of the Denver Nuggets. That's really good. Stand still, knockdown shooter who really defends and knows the game. Great coach. Um, Malone is a New York guy. Some of you guys don't know. Big New York ups, uh, Malone. I think those this... guys are my sleeper team. The Denver Nuggets. Ooh. Wow. Jamal did a lot of homework for this one. He's not, he's knowing some guys that I don't even know <laughs> off the top of my head. It's, it's amazing. Now, you know them. Trust I got, me, you know these guys. No, no, I watch. You, no, know, no, I watch. you know the guys. You know the guys. Watch them in the playoffs. That's yeah. that's really – I don't really follow the Nuggets, but, man, the Joker is is one of the best in the league. He's a possible MVP candidate. Watch out for him. Watch out Wouldn't for him. Wouldn't it be, like, poetic, like, 
with the Joker if they get like an Oscar. And, and he gets the MVP. He gets the MVP. The like, Joker. Yeah, they I, I'm guaranteeing you. I would love for There's going to be a lot of promotions with him as the Joker. I, I'm guaranteeing you. The NBA is going to promote him as the Joker. TNT to do yeah, those NBA promotions. Remember, we said it here on first. Yeah. Yeah. We said it here on DL first. They're going to license that. They're going to do it. They're going to license I wanna, it. I want to get some money off of that. Yeah, we should. But we the, the joke, yeah, the jo- j- Joker is the truth. And Jamal Murray on the same team, that's crazy. And we forgot one person. Uh, I know. There's one more player on that team that we're, we're missing. Yes. Oh, He's Hawks. bringing his lunch bucket to work yes. every day. And they said they're going to... They're gonna watch his management this year of his minutes. He's the glue. They want him ready for the place. He's the Al Horford type player He's that, that the guy. Sixers are getting. That's him in Denver. That's right. And that's yep. There you go. That's the sleep. That's the sleeper team in the West. I I agree. I'm gonna go with Utah as my sleeper team. I like Utah. I like that. Watch out. Donovan Mitchell is gonna make a crazy leap year. And we got uh, what's it? The defensive center. Uh, Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. My God. Bogdanovich ready to shoot the threes, the lights out of the place. Inglis with the, the lefty. I the love wife, Joe. The Joe guy. is my guy. Joe's yes. the guy I think I can see at the bar. Yes. And yeah, yeah. If I have to go to the YMCA and get a guy to the play with me, I'm like, let's go. The old let's man drinking beer and then he yeah, comes to play. He's definitely going to go play in Europe when, when he finishes his yeah. NBA career. Yeah. He's going to play for like 15 more years. He might play to 60. I see it too. He's the it. type of guy that doesn't shave his yeah. chest and just looks like he yeah, he's drinks beer at the. He makes you think you can make NBA. I see him play, I'm like, maybe I got a year in. Yo, I got that too. I got that feeling too, man. He's the pick up YMCA yeah. dude, right? And hold on, and Mike Connolly. And then Mike Connolly. Yeah. Let's not forget Mike Connolly. Yeah. I mean, this and and listen, this team they have other. They have, what's his name? Green. Jeff Jeff Green is on the team. They got a, no. They're stacked. They got more guys. Ed Davis. Listen, I can go on and on. Utah Jazz are my sleeper team. Like Denver that. is his sleeper like team. That. So, uh, East Coast, who we talking? East, I'm gonna let you go first. You go first. I've been agreeing, you've been agreeing with me. All right, all right, so I'm going straight with this, uh, because we don't, nobody mentions them as the top two, and, and they are not the top two, but they can win it all. I'm going with the Celtics as my sleeper team, mm. okay? And then your I sleeper like team, that. my sleeper team from the east, it may shock a lot of people with this pick because they're not really a sleeper team, but I don't think anybody really thinks they can win it. I like the Sixers. Oh, I'm thinking that the Celtics, uh, sorry, the Sixers can win. Oh, the you whole thing. Okay. I did one of my top two. All right, yeah, so, so maybe so you're not a sleeper because maybe I'm watching so much NBA talk and all yeah. I hear is Lakers, all I hear yeah, is Clippers. You, I still hear the Warriors. But the, and, you know, the, the Sixers The Sixers are right. like that, you know, Harris. Tobias Harris. New York, another New York guy. Yeah, Long Island. I'm a Long Island guy. And then you still got... Provider. You know, you got, you got, you still got Embiid, just the Joel Embiid, and then you got Horford to back him Horford up and to play with in. him. And now we got, we got Ben Simmons. That's who's right. On his jump That's shot right. This year, so I think the Sixers can win it all. I am. They're I am. one bounce away from being in the NBA Finals. One hundred percent. If you think about when, that, the Sixers could have won last year. Let's yep. think about the injuries, KD. What happens? The Sixers could have beat that injury-ridden Warriors team. They could be the NBA champions. They could right be now. the NBA champions right now. If it wasn't for a bounce. There's a reason why Joel Embiid was crying, and that's it. I would have cried too. So many people made fun of that's that. All, yeah. You should be ashamed of yourself when you made fun of a grown man crying because he really loved the game that much. Are you yeah. kidding me? I, 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 I. You made fun of him. I did. But I'm, I'm kidding. That was a joke. No, no, it was a joke. Whoa. I actually came out and joked really quick. And then one of your friends, you know, Ari, uh, Ira, Ira, he said, you can't make fun of a grown man that way. So I was like, you know what? I was like, no, it was my impulsive reaction. I'm like, I actually love the fact yeah. that a man making millions and millions of dollars is crying on the court. That's what I want to see. Listen, not the I sports. See. Did you, you a Yankees fan? 
Uh, I watch I watch some Yankees, but they I'm not a fan. I don't watch I don't watch I, I don't not a fan of baseball. But they yeah. lost the other night. Yeah, yeah, I know to the to the Astros. Astros on a walk off home run in the bottom of the ninth, and our closing pitcher. I heard he was, he was really good. He's he was really good. good. He right. laughed. He made a smirk after giving up the home run. Now I don't think the smirk was from laughing. No. It was like kind of like a nervous tension. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah. still, I saw that. And I was like, Yeah, you pissed nah, off. No, you you should be upset. Right, right. You should and be that, crying. That should be your yeah. You That's crying. see, I want to see my guys like like Embiid or whatever. I want to see them cry like him. Yeah. I, I want to see them get mad. Honestly, I, and I know this is bad, but I want to see my guys punch people and, and and elbow them at the end of the day if they're pissed off. I want to see them jo yell in joy. I want line. that. That's I want that yeah, I want to see those guys really feel it. I don't want them to think about, oh, we're going to go to the club now and have some champagne and just drink it away. I want them to really feel bad. And I think the Sixers felt bad, and so I, I like them as my, you know, I like them against Clippers in the championship. I have to pick. I love Cut it. In my head. That's my championship. And here's it again. Here's again. I, I, I don't I don't want to agree, but I agree. You have to. Sadly. Sometimes, sometimes I, you have to. It's the Sixers. It's the Sixers because the Bucks. I feel, won't do it without Brogdon. Uh, but I think the Bucks will be number two in the East, and I think the 76ers are playing the Clippers in the in the, uh, the championship. Okay. Yeah, we both agree on that. That's that's something the Embiid thing. Yeah, man. I I, I saw it at first. I'm not I'm not gonna lie. At first, like the first second, I was like, yeah. Yo, look at this guy. And yeah, yeah, right, 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 right. I right. cried when I lost before. My senior year, we lost at Robert Morris. I never forget that game. We lost in the playoffs to go to um further on to try and go to the NCAA tournament. And you know, I cried. My career, my college career was over. Course, you know, so, you're almost into the yeah. tournament, of course. Yeah, you're gonna... you know what I mean? So, I get it. I get it. Did you cry in front of people or inside the locker room? Nah, I waited until I got to the hotel. Okay, <laughs> see, see I, just, I waited. So a I mean, for me, it was like a, uh, a delayed reaction. It was a delayed reaction. Like, I, I didn't know what happened yeah. until I got back to the hotel and then I was just sitting there, you know, in the bathroom. I'm like, damn, my college career is over. That's hard. I'm never gonna get to play for the uh, which now I coach the team, so I'm lucky, but I'm never gonna get to put that jersey on again. That's and, hard. That's and, hard, you know, and it, yeah, I mean. Uh, but you know what? You're still not making the millions of dollars that Joel Embiid. Yeah, so give exactly. Him, give him a little more. A lot of credit. He gets right? way more. I know. Okay. He could have just said, you know what? I'm gonna go to my million dollar home. Right. Be, and I got another year. Right. I'm playing again. And it, so I know. He gets a lot of credit, man. He I, loved the game. I know. I like that. I like that. I love that. Joel Embiid. By the way, I was always a fan of Joel Embiid. I love him. Uh, will the Rockets work with Russell Westbrook and uh, uh, James Harden? Will it work, and why? Wow. Uh, here's the question. What's working? What do you consider work? I think what's working, if, if you have two players like that on the same team, does it contra do they do they counteract each other? Because they're so one-on-one, -on -one, they're so isolation. Does it help you win, get into the finals? Or does it just make you a great regular season team and that's it? What do you think? Uh, I would initially say they work to be an elite team, top four team in the West. Uh, top four team. Top four team in the West. I agree. Conference finals. Mm -hmm. So they can make it to they the conference finals. They can make it finals. to the conference finals. And, and I, I say that because Russell Westbrook is a machine, right? And now he's going to, the way he's going to work is he's going to have to play a little bit off the ball. Even though he can't shoot jump shots as well as a James Harden. Can't picture him off the ball. He's going to have to play a little off the ball. It's amazing. Because but James Harden is that. Yeah. He's Great. that talented. He's that talented as a as a playmaker, right. not just a shooter. This guy gets assists. He gets double digit assists. He's a great playmaker. You know, so you got to get Russell Westbrook. You got to create some opportunities where he's coming off for curl screens and he's going downhill. 
He's getting a ball in position to make one or two dribbles at the basket and be an efficient player. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go on record right now and say this will be one of Russell Westbrook's not triple-double efficient, one of his most efficient offensive seasons because he's going to have to do that, do less with a great playmaker with him as a veteran. Let's not. A lot of people bring back the Kevin Durant days. That was a young Russell Westbrook. That was a Russell Westbrook who's looking to get max contract, mm-hmm. who wants to be an all-star, who wants mm-hmm. to prove he's number one of the top five players. This is Westbrook that wants to win the championship. Yeah. Playing with his friend again. That's that's what I foresee. Top right. four, maybe conference finals, depending on who they match up against. Okay, so you, you just talk about Russell Westbrook and how his game is going to evolve and be more efficient. How do you think it affects James Harden's game? Uh, I think James Harden now gets an opportunity to take some possessions off. Meaning, go rest. Right. Meaning the team doesn't die when he goes to the bench. If you right. look at a lot of those playoff games, when he, unfortunately, Chris Paul is at the end of his career. We call we used to call Chris Paul point guard nah. for a reason, because he was really a point guard. But he's at the end of his career. He's in the twilight of his career. And Russell Westbrook is, is still at the climax of his career. And now when you go to the bench and you put Harden on the bench when he gets in foul trouble, Russell Westbrook can carry a team. He can carry a team for five to six minutes, seven minutes, eight minutes. That, he, that's the way right? I would use him. So that's what you got to do. You got to, substitution-wise, yeah. take him out after five or six minutes in the first half, first quarter, mm-hmm. let Harden run that team. Then when you get your second unit in there or start the second quarter, you got Russell Westbrook in there. All right, that's that's a good strategy. Uh, and, and James, do you think that James's numbers go up or down? I have to say go down yeah, in yeah. terms of scoring because you have another potent scorer. He can easily average 40 points if he wants to win the NBA. Of course. Point for points. of course. His points will go down also because he's going to deflect as a friend of Russ Westbrook. Russ Westbrook, when, when a friend comes to your house, what do you do? You offer him your bed. Right? Before, right, if you right, have a good friend right, and right, you have right, like one bedroom, right. you offer them your bed and you say, I'll sleep on the couch. Right. That's what uh, that's what James Harden's going to do. He's going to say, hey, God, this is your team just as much as it's my team. I'm offering you my, you know, this is the basketball. We're going to share this. I want you to feel as comfortable as possible because I know I can go off anytime. Uh, yeah, I think you got to become comfortable. At the end of the day, it works better because they are friends. Mm-hmm. We're friends. Not, not NBA right. friends. That's right. not that NBA friends right. where we just became friends so we went to sign together. I'm not going to talk about people like that yet. We're not going to get into those guys yet. But. but that's why it works, though. I agree with you. I agree with That's the reason why it does work. Mm-hmm. Basketball-wise, who knows? I think the other guys are going to have to eat. The other players on the team, they're going to have to eat. How do they react to those two getting along and taking most of the shots. I want to see how that works, but we got to see the way that that, I, I really haven't been following them in the preseason, so I have to, wa- I I have hate, to watch. I really hate watching preseason. Yeah. Even the Knicks, uh, as a Knicks fan. Yeah, All me too. I watch the Cavs because I really wanted to see what uh, Coach uh, Bayline was going to run in terms yeah. of offense, but I hate watching uh, the preseason. Right? Yeah, me too. Hate. Me too, because the, honestly, some of the guys are well, averaging 20, dot, 20 points, and then they get into the season, they're averaging seven. They're looking at a lot of those second-round picks this year. They're going to keep on the team. Who's going to get cut? Who's right. going to go to the G League? So. Right, right. It's not, it's not a true representation. Not at all. So the, let's get to the topic we, we talked about before. Uh, Clippers versus the Lakers, the battle for L.A. What? I mean, by the way, how, what better of a matchup could we have asked for? I wish the Knicks and the Nets were like this right now. I'm pissed off that they aren't. But the battle for L.A. Tell me about it. Who's going to win and why? Who's going to win the battle for L.A. in terms of wins and losses? The Clippers. At the end of the day. At the end of the season, who's going to be standing there? the end of the season, I think the Clippers. But the Lakers will always be the show. Of course. 
And, and honestly, if you're a Lakers management, you wanted nothing more than the Clippers to be good as well. Of course. You want, because that's going to build, your fan base now is yeah. going to come out in stroves and say, hey, we are Lakerland. You yes. said Ice Cube started coming out. Ice Cube said, hey, it's always going to be Lakerland. Yes, if the Clippers weren't good, you don't need to say that. Of course. But you know? now, yeah, but now they have a challenge. They got a challenge. And that's why I'm happy the Nets are good too, because I, I feel like it put pressure on Knicks management to step it up, because the city is there to be taken away. Big and I don't think they'll be taken away from the Lakers, but they know. That's why they had to do whatever they needed to do to go get Anthony Davis. Oh, they yes. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, they're definitely feeling some pressure, I think. I think that the Lakers do feel pressure. Mm-hmm. And most, most important out of that matchup, I think LeBron's feeling the most pressure, and I'll tell you why. If LeBron doesn't win a championship in L.A., you can go look at all the other great top-tier tier, tier one players. There hasn't been one tier one player that has came to LA. I'm talking LeBron status. I'm not talking Carl Malone or Gary Payton. At the end of I'm talking years. I'm talking about a real Laker that's been playing there for years, top tier one, that has not brought a championship to LA. There hasn't been one. And if LeBron doesn't win it, he's the first person not to win a championship in LA. And I, I don't think I mean I don't think he will. I don't think he will. Uh, but that's a big statement. You know, I don't think he will. I just it's so much pressure that team is, is put together well, but they're one injury away from just... Like, even if Paul George gets injured, God forbid, Yeah, I still like the Clippers. Okay. I mean, that's look, a huge I mean, yeah, Just the, look at what happened look last year. Look at the Toronto Raptors. Yeah. Look at the Clippers. You got yeah. Montrezl Harrell. Yes. You still got Lou Williams. You still got Patrick Beverly, who's, who's locked up, Akon style. When, you, when he's guarding you, you know you in for a night. You know, this guy's playing in Nike Air Force Ones. Um, like, yes. So those and are I'm the guys glad, they got. I'm glad you mentioned Montrezl Harrell, because he's no joke. No joke. This guy is going to be matched up with Anthony Davis, not stopping him, but containing him. And he might be the only kryptonite that other teams... Don't have. He's gonna call LeBron too. He's got. He goes. Yeah. I mean, he's got. You. I mean, don't don't sleep on Montrezl Harrell. He got AD there, and then yeah, he can guard. He can guard. He can guard. And then you on top of that, they still have Landry Shamet too. Yes, he, he can shoot Landry the three. Shemette. Number twenty. They got Landry Shamet. Yo, he can that shoot the three. That was a big three. pickup. Well, I loved him in he's Philly, Philadelphia. He's a tough point guard. Dude. He knows how to play. He's a small basketball yes. player. And and then and then they got the rookie Terrence Mann. Who is Mini Kawhi? I don't know Remember about. I don't know a lot about. Terrence Mann is Mini Kawhi. I don't know. Really? Watch out for that kid. He's gonna be a great player in years to come. And, and he's on the Clippers. He's on the Clippers. I, I believe he played at Florida State University. Terrence Mann. All Terrence right. Man, he's 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 a guy that you're gonna you're gonna hear about for years to come. Well, they got Beverly. There's a pit bull, and you got uh, you got Lou Williams. Got maybe one of the best players in the best offensive players in the NBA that can create his own shot at any time. The floor is gonna be spread beyond belief. And I agree. The defense is going to win the game. And if, you're right. If Paul George isn't on the floor, they're that good to where it's possibly they can beat the Lakers without Paul George. Just imagine this. You got the ball. You're on offense. All right? You come off a pick and roll. It's a switch. Now you got Kawhi on you. First, you got Patrick Beverly guarding you 90 feet. Which is You come off a, a pick and roll. Kawhi's guarding you. Yeah. All right, that's cool. I pass. I go set a down screen. I drive again. Paul George Paul is George all the way is trying to go. Long out. Paul George. All right, I get past him if I do. And who's meeting me at the rim? Montrezl Harrell. Come Scary. on, there's nowhere to go. They're, this team. They gotta hope Lou Williams when he comes in the game, he's just worried about offense. Because right, even if you beat Lou Williams, you gotta run into those four guys. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and even if, if you expose Lou Williams on defense on the other end, that's great. Well, guess what? He's gonna come down and he's gonna score on you every single time. Sweet Lou, man. So you got. I mean, I agree with this. Clippers, battle of, of LA. 
Clippers over Lakers. I said it every single week on the show, and I guarantee you it's going to happen. Stephen A. picks the Lakers over the Clippers. I go against Stephen A. a lot of the time. I'm picking Clippers like you. I'll take Clippers too. And All Doc right. Rivers, I think he finally gets a, a good team. He's great at, at coaching. He's really good at coaching older teams like he did Doc. in Boston. So I think he gets, he, gets a, he, gets, he gets to the finals this year. One of my favorite. And Kawhi. Whoa, what does that do for his legacy? Coaches in the, the co- Listen, Kawhi and Doc together, this is going to be sick. That's gonna be sick. LA, you got you got some good basketball. That's gonna be sick. Congratulations. I'm envious. I want the Knicks to have that. So uh, we're gonna talk about now your pick for who comes out of the East. I think you had said that it was the 76ers, right? Yes, 76ers. Okay, now uh, let's let's go right on to the number two team, which in my opinion was the the Bucks. Um, Talk about Giannis Adekumpo and what you think he's gonna do this year. I think Giannis has an opportunity to be a top four player in the NBA, top five. He can uh, repeat as MVP because of his usage, because who he has on his team, what they look for him to do. Uh, if he elevates his game to hit a couple jump shots this year, that's what he needs to do. He needs to take something. Every year, if you're a great player, you have to take something and get your game better. You know, LeBron got better with shooting. You know, his shooting improved. His free throws improved over time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Steph Curry got better at not being injured, staying in the game, you know, not getting going to the injury, you know, building those ankles up. Giannis, you gotta add a mid-range jump shot to your game. You gotta hit a couple more threes to open up the mm-hmm. floor, you know, to elevate your game. But I think he does that. He has an opportunity to be a repeat NBA uh, regular season MVP. Absolutely. But like I said earlier, he was the MVP I, last year, right? Yeah, he was the MVP last year. Um, but it's gonna be tough, I think, to overpower the Sixers. I just like their weapons better. Uh, Giannis, if he gets a jump shot, like you said, if he gets a jump shot, I think he's one of the best players of all time. If he gets a jump shot, I think he might. We might talk about him with Kawhi, Kobe, uh, LeBron, Jordan, Bird. I think he's that good. You agree? Yeah, I agree. He's right there. He's right there. If he gets that jump shot, he's right there. They're going to. If he stays healthy, that category in terms of legacy players, you know, top 10 legacy players, he's right there, top 15. Because every year we go into NBA, more guys enter that list. Yeah. So we got to we gotta kind of say, like, the top 15, top 20, sooner or later, is going to all be the same caliber of players. Just in terms of what you like as a personal interest, in terms of who you put over each other. You know, so, you know, top 15, top 20 all time, he must have been at the end of his career. I got told by one of the trainers that, that works with him, he said that Giannis is the hardest working athlete he's ever had. And this guy, uh, this guy's had almost every crazy freakish athlete you can have in the NBA. He said Giannis is the hardest worker and he's also the fr- most freakish athlete. He used the word freakish. So you see it, those, those, those Euro steps to the dunks. Right. Come, that length. I, my opinion, if you combine the hard work, like, with, like you said, all those crazy talented Euro steps and the crazy length, stretch Armstrong stuff that he does. I, I, I think that's it. I think it's a wrap. I think he's going to be one of the one of the, the big ones, one of the top five, possibly top ten of all time. Um, now, talk about freakish athletes. This is, might be the freakiest one to come along in a long time. Uh, Zion Williamson, and you come from a college background. You saw him probably play more than way more than I did. Um, tell me about your feelings on the ceiling for Zion Williamson. Ceiling. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolute best. Zion is Larry Johnson at his prime. The best. That's his best. Larry Johnson at his prime. 
when he gets in a winning team, imagine Larry Johnson on his prime would say the Houston Rockets when he had a kid. You get what I'm saying? Like, imagine that kind of Larry Johnson. I mean, I love Muggsy. Zoe was still Zoe when he was coming up. They, I mean, they put Charlotte on the map. Grandma, I mean, grandma, put. I had the sneakers. Yeah, you know, Larry Johnson was a, a freakish athlete, freakish player. They had the same similar. Uh, confidence in college. Larry Johnson took UNLV to a national championship. Zion Williamson didn't take him to the championship, but he had that kind of feel, that kind of fire, that kind of electricity and excitement was around him in terms of a Larry Johnson. So that's who I compare him to in terms of his absolute highest ceiling. Mm -hmm. Another name that comes to mind mm -hmm. is Sean Kemp. Sean Kemp. Oh, interesting. Those guys are guys that I compare Zion Williamson in terms of their his ceiling. So the, yeah, the, the 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 freakish athleticism, the muscle, uh, the power, mm -hmm. combined with the finesse also of those guys, which you really usually yeah, don't get. Yeah, Zion's super smart. I, I think he understands the game. He is super smart, especially even when he talks. A lot of the guys don't really impress you with the way they talk about the game. He is super smart. Mm -hmm. He knows what he's doing. So I, those are my two guys that I think of when I think in terms of ceiling. Now, so is it a comparable? Basement. Yeah, basement. Tell me what the basement would be. Other than it, without him getting injured. Without Greg, that. Greg Oden, I mean, Greg Oden injury. Wow. Like, like, I'm saying because this kid has not played a game yet. Yeah. And we, we see him. He's already out six to eight weeks right now. Right. I know, man. With a minor surgery. But I know. he has to lose weight. He has to because. He's 280. You, yeah, can't, you can't carry that weight Even around. the fact that it's, not, it's, it's mostly muscle, you can't because physics, uh, the joints and the wear and tear on the joints, when you're that much of an explosive athlete, you have to do the math. The body mass plus that momentum yes. is your joint, any joint, person's joints is not built to take that. That's why his, sh his shoe came off. Do you remember his shoe? Exploded. Yeah, because shoes aren't built for that. Exploded. So that and, just shows you right there. And people say, well, football players are 300 pounds. Show me a football player that runs up and down yeah, not constantly, possession after possession. It's a different no, sport. Look at soccer player yeah. and then look at a football player. Yeah. They're very different bodies. Exactly. The closest you come to is some of the uh, rugby or, or Australian rules football players who are big like that. But still, again, they're just running up and down. Not a lot of jumping as much. That's where the problem comes with his body. It's the up and down. Yeah. It's, the, it's the running fast and stopping when the I'm done. Right, the it's momentum. the momentum shift. Exactly, the momentum shift. So he needs to lose weight. I would like to see him get to 240. I would wow. like to see him yeah. get to 240. Uh, me too. And God, man, imagine the way he would jump at 240. 240. I mean, he he touched the top LeBron of the backboard. Right? LeBron's around 240. So LeBron, might, I think I thought LeBron was a little heavier than that, but yeah, you gotta I get mean, to that LeBron he would look, level. he yeah. would look like LeBron, I would say, at that weight. Mm -hmm. So I like seeing two forty, but God, I hope, he, I hope he does it, man. I hope, I hope he, he, he has a great career. I mean, you just you want it Me as too. an NBA fan, he, you want to see that hype. Me too. You want to see it, it come out, you know. And then like all the other guys, I, I say like he's got a good jump shot, but I want to see him get a great jump shot. Yeah, he can move that. I want to see him get Look at Lonzo. Lonzo Ball, his jump shot looked like a broke trash can yeah. a couple years ago. Right, no, and he better. really made it more fluid. And I, I, I man, sleeper team, excuse me. I'm going to go back. Yeah, and yes. that. I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Let's get that team. Let's get Lonzo and the Pelicans on that sleeper yes, team. Yes, I, I like their makeup. I forgot about them. If those guys can stay healthy and if, uh, if Zion can come back and be healthy, yeah. Brandon Ingram takes a jump, uh, Lonzo takes a jump, Holiday's yeah. on that team, I, they're trending I, upwards. And, and somebody just said, it was crazy, uh, I think it was Fisdale, I don't know, uh, it was one of the coaches, he said that out of all the teams he watched in the preseason, he said the Pelicans play with the most ferocity in terms of their quickness and their ability to get the ball up the court and shoot quickly. He said they're, they're, they're the best team right now in the NBA in terms of that. So 
I agree. I think they slip into like the eighth seed possibly. Yeah. And then nobody wants to play them. Nobody does. You don't want if you're the if you're the Clippers, if you're the Lakers with all that hype, you don't want to see a hungry ass team. The Lakers. Oh, and they're young, what and, I would young pay, and hungry is scary. What would you pay? And JJ Reddick. I think I might buy a flight. What would you pay to go see Game One, Lakers versus the Pelicans? Lonzo bringing oh, return for, to LA. forget it. Oh man, what are we be, about yeah, I, I mean that'll be a, that'll be ball insane. Ball. What's the ball ball gonna be? What's the ball ball gonna do? Maybe a hatred mode. What is the ball ball? I know, I know, I know. What is he gonna do if that happens? Come on, NBA, make it happen, NBA. That'll be amazing. We want to see that round one. We want to see the Lakers and the Pelicans. That's what I want to see. Crazy. That's what I want to see. See, this is what happened with your Knicks fan. Yeah. You got to root for all these other guys. I know. I know. It's sad. Exactly. It's, it's very, very, <laughs> it's very, very sad. But it's made me to think more about the NBA rather than just my, my, my team. Yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, quick statement on the Knicks. I think they're going to be. Uh, I think they're in a great position. I think that. Um, I think that uh, the okay. So there's two different s- schools of thought. The Knicks lost out majorly and they won majorly, and I think both happened this summer. Reason why, yeah, you got rid of Kristaps Porzingis and, and, and blah, blah, blah. He was my favorite team on my favorite player on the team. But even him being the favorite player on the team, crazy prone to injury at seven foot four. Yeah. You got a guy coming in that Dennis Smith Jr. has a ceiling. The ceiling is ridiculously high for Dennis Smith Jr. Ridiculously high. He can do it. Now, uh, that being said, you lost out on Kevin Durant as well. Again, if the injury didn't happen to him in Golden State, I would have said the Knicks lost out. But the Knicks didn't lose out. He got injured. Don't know so you don't know. 80% chance, if you look at all the other guys, 80, 80% chance a, he, he can't come he's back. He's a hard worker, but you still yeah. don't know. So you, you, it's all about a chance if he can come back. So you, you didn't get him. There's one more There's one more guy that they lost out. What was the other guy they lost out on? Oh, yeah, Kyrie Irving. But, okay. and, I, and I have something to say about Kyrie. I want to hear what you have to say about him. I don't want him. I, I wanted Curry, so here's, I what, here's, what, back we dis- here's what we disagree. I yeah. think we're going to see a motivated Curry this year. On the Nets? Yeah, I've been talking to some of my people who work with the Nets. Yeah. Uh, I even got to sit in on a, a open gym that they have. And here's a guy who knows his legacies on the line. <laughs> he knows it. And here's a guy who I think you're going to see play all in. All in for the team. He's entering a team that went to the playoffs without him, was an undermanned roster in terms of superstars last year. You know, Dewitty, you know, Levert coming off an injury, uh, you know, uh, D'Angelo, who made an outbreak year, had an outbreak year last year. They trade him, who he was the heart of that team almost with Dewitty last year, for you. I think Kyrie this year comes in and he oh. understands that I have to be all in. I'm the elder statesman. It's not like the Celtics, but I have all this great history. They, you know, they've been almost to the finals, almost took down LeBron. This year, he comes motivated. I think we really got a motivated Kyrie on the Knicks. I'm not talking about a Kyrie that was on the Celtics. Yeah. I didn't want that Kyrie. But right. Kyrie that I think that's coming this yeah, year. Because that's why I, I didn't want I but want you're that saying, Kyrie. Okay, so, so, I want that Kyrie. so in, in hindsight, now that you see who he is on the Nets, yeah, I now want, you're I want saying that, 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 yeah. So we did lose out, in your opinion, on Kyrie. Yeah, we lost out on Kyrie, but okay. again, I... I don't think the Knicks are in shape to win a championship or contend next year. Yeah, yeah, not and at all. And I'm okay with that. And I'm okay with that. Okay with now that. I am. Yeah, because they, okay got, they got some things set, and you see that they're pulling some of the right moves. Yes. I mean, it was like Christmas team. time for us Knicks fans. We saw all these free agents. Right. We got excited. Right. We opened up the present. That was it. And it might not have been what there. we wanted, right. but it might be what we need. It's definitely what we, now that I'm looking at the it's team now, 
It's definitely what we needed. And I like some of these guys. I mean, I like yeah. Andre. Me, I, me too. I, I love Julius. Julius Randle. I is, think he's going to be a beast. Bobby Porter. He is the old school. This team is resembles kind of the old school guys. Morris. Morris, Marcus Morris is an old school guy. I think hopefully those guys bring him over and tell him what he needs to do. Absolutely. You know, I, then you talk about, like you said, Mitchell Dennis, Robinson, Mitchell Dennis, Robinson Dennis, Dennis, Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah, Dennis Smith Jr. Yeah. So I like that we're going to be, we've always been underdogs, but we've always had a couple stars and, and unrealistic goals, unrealistic yeah. expectations. Right. We have realistic we have expectations. Real, we have realistic ex- and realistic players right yes, now. Yes, we know what we are, yeah. and these guys are going to play hard. No fantasy egos. Competing right now, it's fantastic. I, yeah, I love the, and I love being an underdog. In this me, team. me too. I love, I love being an. I love and, and 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 you're rooting against. You're rooting for the underdog. That's like a, a young and upcoming underdog. So you, they're all kind of around that same level, and they're all trying to prove themselves. And that's why I said what before the show to you. I was Don't like, forget Alonso Cheers. Oh, Cheers, tri- 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 my one ISO, of my top ISO, two ISO, players ISO. on the Knicks. Yes. Lou Williams in him. Got a lot of Lou Williams in him. I, I know he's a, I call him I nicknamed him the demon I just give him because he reminds me of a demon the way he gets to the hole he reminds me of a guy by the name of Derek Rose when he finishes too and that's giving him a lot of credit because Derek Rose is like the MJ of finishes but Alonzo Trier at times when he gets to the hole I'm like is that Derek Rose or was that him because he's so freaking like a like a demon yeah, when he, he puts his head down. He's to that basket. You can know he's going to get a bucket. So yeah, well, he, he attacks the rim. I like can't a, wait. Like Saturday, demon. I'm there. Saturday. So I'm there. I mean Friday. I'm uh, there. Friday for the Knicks and yeah, uh, the Knicks I'm and there. Nets. I'm in the oh, I know. I'm a Knicks fan, man. Edit that last I know. One. No, no. In New York, this, this is why we talk. That's Lewis. I ain't say that. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm kidding. <laughs> now they know me. Yeah. Uh, so let's go. So let's go Knicks, man. Let's go Knicks. I'm not ashamed to say it. I can say whatever I want on this. So yeah, let's go Knicks. I'm all Knicks. Let's go Knicks. Everybody I don't hate, knows me by I don't hate the Nets, but, but hey, let's go Knicks. All right, so check this out. Again, this was Jamal Walmack, and I want you guys to write in, talk to me. Uh, my, my Facebook, Instagram is the same, Lewis space Edward space Balletta. What is your Instagram right now? My Instagram is J-A-Y-W-O-M-A-C-K, the number three. Yep. That's my Instagram, J-Womack3. Add me. I post a lot of things basketball related, college basketball related, and travel related. I like to travel. Yeah. Had a lot of big trips this summer to watch a lot of international basketball. Yes. So maybe I can come on as a guest again and yep. talk to you about the Jamal. international game. Yep. Jamal's going to be on again talking to us, talk to us about way more and the international game. So if you want anything to talk to him about, friend him, like, like his stuff, but definitely friend him. He, you have his address and we'll have him on again. But for, for me, obviously, uh, I always listen to what you guys want to talk about. So tell me what I missed. Tell me what I was wrong about. Tell, tell me what you want to hear uh, and, and do it soon. And thank you for taking a seat at the D-Up table. So uh, for D-Up, this is Louis Balletta. I'll talk to you soon. My man, let's do it. Knicks. Let's go Knicks. I'll see you in a bit. Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and wagering week is your antidote. I'm Tom Martin, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line.